of tea i hope you're in the mood to hibernate with me that rhymed that rhymed i'm a talented soul um it's radio owl's nest episode eight uh <laughs> hard to believe isn't it but it is and this is where i um become very egocentric and play all my songs from my career from my history nobody else's songs nobody else's material just mine i control the suitcase and the vault and the archive so all you're going to hear for the next 50 minutes or so are my odds and sods um lots of rarities and maybe one or two brand new pieces i gotta say thank you to all you owl heads for actually tuning in and being there let's start off with a song from 1996 that sounds like a good uh, time to start my favorite number is three nine and six so 1996 uh, a track i wrote for a movie called phenomenon uh, a movie that starred john travolta it was a song called dance with life the in brackets the brilliant light and it was written with bernie Taupin. here's the demo i did on a 16 track uh, tape recorder in my garage which really is the owl's nest as well uh, where we're recording this today so have a listen to the demo i'll tell you some more details about the song after but here it is dance with life the brilliant light Thank you. 
Can I tell you about uh, Dance With Life, The Brilliant Light? Um, some facts here that you might find interesting. Um, when I finished the demo, uh, Robbie Robertson of band fame um, said, could we change the lyrics to the front verse? Um, and I had to reach out to um, Bernie and see if he would change the lyrics to the first verse because they wanted the first verse to be even more intimate. Bernie did it like in about 30 seconds, sent it back to me. And I dropped in the new lead vocal um, on the 16-track tape recorder. 
uh, when we sent it back, everybody was happy. And then the song went out to the world to see who was going to sing it. And Robbie Robertson waited to see who leapt at it. Well, Sinead O'Connor was the first person who showed tremendous interest in it. But as you know, it eventually fell into the hands of... Brian Ferry and Trevor Horn produced the actual record. Uh, it was a single from the album. I remember Trevor Horn calling me and saying, it's too long. This song is just too bloody long. How do we cut it down? And so I did some experiments on um, my little uh, DAT player in my studio. And I sent the results to Trevor and he cut the song up and it became um, slightly, <laughs> slightly shorter. I think from 20 minutes it came down to 16, something like that. Uh, Trevor Horn used actually my drum beat that I put on the demo that you can hear here. And this drum beat I've used before on a song called I Guess I Will. For all you owl heads out there that uh, look deeply into these things, yes, I've used that drum loop a few times in my career. Um, the album uh, that uh, Dance With Life was on did incredibly well. It was loved by all and um, amazingly for a soundtrack went on to be platinum. And the film became very successful. I'm very partial to this song. Uh, I feel very emotional about it. And um, in some ways, I like the demo better than the actual record. But that's just me. I like the uh, moody, hidden vibe of this song. The uh, sort of, I don't know, blue clouds coming over and enveloping in the chorus um, and giving the mood of what the lyrics are all about. And my good friend, Brian Fairweather, the guitarist from the early days in Qfil and my songwriting partner in the later years, he played the guitar you hear here on the demo, which I think is particularly emotional and quite exquisite for a Scotsman. Um... Another very fascinating fact, I think, is, as I mentioned before, the lyric to the first verse was changed for the uh, movie version and the Trevor Horn version. But um, Colin Blunstone recorded um, Dance With Life on uh, an album called The Ghost of You and Me. And he sings the original first verse lyric by Bernie. That means he must have got a very, very early cassette of the demo of this song. So if you want to check out the original Bernie Taupin lyrics on Dance With Life, go and have a listen to Colin Blunstone's version, that great singer from The Zombies. Um, on an album called The Ghost of You and Me. Well, there we are. I hope some of those facts are quite new to you regarding a song that's close to my heart. Let's liven it up somewhat. Here's a song called All Too Human, and it's from my album Hotel of the Two Worlds. And I always imagined a singer like Robert Palmer could have murdered this. Okay, All Too Human. I'm not 
lot of fun recording the album Hotel of the Two Worlds. I wanted to get back to my um, R&B rhythm and blues roots and playing the bass and just letting myself fall into the groove and the groove running the show. So that's a song called All Too Human from my album Hotel of the Two Worlds and there actually was a Hotel of the Two Worlds uh, back in Paris in France in the 1900s which was supposed to be haunted and people called it the Hotel of the Two Worlds. See? See you learn something new every day at Radio Owl's Nest. Well, let's use that very cheap reverb and echo for effect here because we are going to go into... 
We are going to go walking down the grimy steps, through the cobwebs, see the ghosts scattering left and right, into pools of water, sloshing through into the darkness. And there we find an incredible rarity that I haven't played for Yonkers, which means from the beginning of time. I really didn't even know I had this in my archive still. I dug into the cassettes and lo and behold, a song called Closer to the Edge, written with Bernie Taupin, I think right back when Bernie and I just started writing, probably very, very soon after we wrote We Built the City and These Dreams together, which were the first two songs we wrote. Then I think I wrote this bugger. Um, beautiful little piece, I think, sung by Tommy Funderburg, that uh, incredible session mu- musician who I made friends with when I first dropped into L.A. This is just me on an eight track with Tommy and keyboards and drum machine. A rarity from the vault, closer to the edge. I must have took a wrong turn. I got myself boxed in.
enjoyed listening to that as much as I did and also finding it that was a hell of a surprise you dig into a, a huge box of cassettes pull one out and there's a title on there closer to the edge that you can vaguely remember that's closer to the edge a very very early demo with Bernie Taupin writing the lyrics and um, that was cassette time here are true facts about the owl Despite its cuddly appearance beneath those fluffy feathers, the owl is what we call a bird of prey, because it eats prey, just as the owls call us apes of the hamburger, because we eat hamburgers. Here's a song I wrote in the year 1989. A lot of stuff happened in the 80s for me, didn't it? Uh, I wrote this with Jonathan Cain, yes, uh, of Journey fame, and the great singer John Waite. Um, I fell in love with his vocals, hearing them right back in the 70s when he was with um, the Babies. We got together at my house when they were forming a band called Bad English. A lot of bad Englishmen together in my garage at that time. And here is a song called Ghost in Your Heart. I'll tell you a little bit about it after. Anyhow 
for a moment But it slipped right through my hands Stare at your reflection You sometimes see my face You remember too That demo was done all in an afternoon um, when John Waite and Jonathan Kane arrived at my house. It was like, let's write a song instantly. And that's what we did. I had the um, essence of a groove starting and I played that to them live and they said yes. So uh, John Waite went into my living room while I developed the demo and he wrote the words listening to the music through the garage door inside, <laughs> not outside, inside. I remember um, playing, if you can Im- imagine this, a live Lindrum. That's a drum machine, a robotic drum machine. And I was putting down all the fills and all programming it at live as it went along. So all the drum fills you hear, I'm sort of just going for it like I'm a real drummer. Um, Jonathan Kane liked the vibe I had and he sort of left most of the song to me. But he did contribute to the solo and like the last verse with some lovely keyboards, some uh, nice inflections which were rather tasty. The song became the lead track on side two of their debut album, Bad English, and that album went on um, to do very well, a platinum album again, and I think um, with that song, When I See You Smile, which John Waite didn't actually really want to be a first single, I don't think he really, really wanted it to be uh, a song that he actually sang, but he did, and it led that album to um, huge success. I've said this millions of times before, but um, John Waite has that character, that amazing phrasing in his vocal that I think makes him one of England's greatest soul singers, soul rock singers. I think he resides with all those Paul Rogers and those Robert Palmers and uh, in a very rarefied atmosphere. Um, That's a song called... uh, What's it called? What's it called again? Let me have a look down here. Yes, okay. I've written a lot of songs with Ghost in the title. This is called Ghost in Your Heart. Got it right eventually. The owls are telling me to look up at the studio clock here. Well, the Pro Tools timer, and it says 29 minutes, 25 seconds. So that means we're at the midway stage. And what better time to go for the almighty, glorious, and so loved quiz? So here's an interesting question. A few of you out there might know, this is question one for 50 points, that I played keyboards on... uh, Wait for it. Thank you. Ghostbusters with Ray Parker and I used a very unusual 
cheap and rather unknown keyboard. I won't ask you the actual model name of the keyboard, but I'll ask you who made that keyboard. The one keyboard that I played on the single Ghostbusters and a little bit in the actual movie with ghost scenes when Sigourney Weaver is lying there being molested by a ghost, that's my creepy sounds. What's the unusual keyboard? The name of the company that made the keyboard that I played on Ghostbusters. Now, I've mentioned it in quite a few um, interviews because that's what I do. I just keep talking about myself and what I've done. So see if you know what that keyboard is. Question two. Now, this is really bloody hard, really hard. Um, I'll be amazed, amazed if anybody gets this one. So let's see. Tough question coming. Um, I had a song recorded by the Temptations lead singer, and his name is Dennis Edwards. What's the name of the song that he recorded of mine? What song did Dennis Edwards, the singer of The Temptations, record of mine? That's a bloody tough one. My hats are off to you. Well, my hat is off to you. I haven't got many hats on. My hat is off to you if you get that right. Hi, this is Trevor Thornton here, and you're listening to Radio Owl's Nest with Martin Page, where you'll only hear Martin Page songs all day and all night long. God, what torture. What is it about drummers? You know, what is it about drummers? They sit behind you and they're playing along to all your songs and looking quite content. Then when they get a chance, like Trevor Thornton does, the drummer of Qfil, he insults me. Our drummers are strange lot indeed. Let's get in the time machine and travel all the way back to... Let's push a button here. 2012. Let's try that. I made an album called A Temper of Peace, and it was very, for me, very folk-influenced. Uh, I've been um, playing soccer with Robbie Williams, and um, he said that he was looking to do a folk album. Yes, strange. A folk album. So he said, come up to my house with your acoustic guitar and play. Let's start writing. So I did. I brought my acoustic guitar up to his house and we started to write a few songs which definitely had that uh, folky feel to it. And I went into quite a deep study of brilliant folk music. It was a wonderful time to go uh, deep into that territory where I'd really never really ventured before. But um, my heritage being down on the south coast in Southampton, near the New Forest, of course, and near the sea, it was in me, I suppose. And a, a few songs on a temper of peace definitely had that lilt. And here's a track called Ruby Ray. And although there's not tons of acoustic guitars in this song, and, and I did go more into a synthesizer ambient feel, it's a very pastoral feel about it. And it's about a girl. Yes, Ruby Ray, she has red hair, and by God, she has fire in her heart. Ruby Ray, it's summertime again. There's laughter in your eye. You're running through the fair. Oh, I can see your long scarlet hair. So wild and free, the blaze you come to me. A spirit burning red Oh Lord, I can't forget The kiss that never ever left my lips Here's a story about a girl Who stole the sun And with her smile she could enchant 
That's Ruby Ray from my 2012 album, A Temper of Peace. I'd have liked to have met Ruby Ray. Oh, yes, I'd have liked to have met her. Um, a bit of a ramble away in the old haystacks there, but I think she would have broken my heart. Um, there's no doubt about it, actually. That's Ruby Ray. If you listen carefully to the background vocals, that's authentic Gaelic old English language. So, um, nice touch, eh? Oh my God, that must mean that something incredibly important is about to happen. Get your helmets on, something incredibly important must be about to happen. Well, we're going to go back to... Yes, wait for it everybody, we're going right back to that special era. The 80s. Well, after all that hoopla, we promised you something special. I'm better deliver. Um, this is a demo for Q-Feel. Um, it didn't go on to the Q-Feel uh, album, but I did develop it when I came to L.A. right in the early days. It's a track called No Man's Land. Just me with the old drum machine and a Fostex 8-track. And I was developing this for a future Q-Feel record. At the time that I was writing We Built the City... And these dreams with Bernie Taupin. I was doing stuff on the edge as well for Q-Phil. And this is the result of that. Very raw. First time heard. In fact, when I finished it, I played it to Kim Carnes. And she said, I need to do this. Uh, but she didn't. But here is the demo. A Q-Phil demo from the 80s called No Man's Land. If I wanted to I bet I could make you drop your guard If I needed to And then I would take you by surprise Interrogate your eyes If I wanted to I could just make you move your lines If I chose to Well who needs enemies When I got you And when I got over with the wives Tell me that it's sad Cause I feel I'm walking into no man's land Shattered hearts lying on the ground Love will fall where the soldier stands Someone's lost out in no man's land I better dig in deep with you Can we agree to hold our fire? Talk it out Holding your head from north to south Let's work it out I'm letting you bend me into shape Bend me anywhere I let you want to How could you let me play the fool To get to you Catch me in the wire And run me through But when I go over with the waves Tell me that it's safe Cause I feel I'm walking into no man's land Shattered hearts lying on the ground Love will fall where the soldiers dance Someone's lost out in no man's land I better dig in deep with you Make you show your flag if I wanted to. I could 
make you drop your card if I needed to When I go over with the wives, tell me that it's safe Cause I feel I'm walking into no man's land Shattered hearts lying on the ground Love will fall where the soldier stands Someone's lost out in no man's land I better dig it deep with you First time aired, first time heard. That's a demo from the archives, a Q-Field demo. I was writing it right back at the beginning of the 80s, thinking it would go on to a future Q-Field record, but we broke up, so it didn't. I recorded it on a quarter-inch um, Fostex 8-track, um, and it was all done on a Jupiter 8. All those little quirky noises was me programming away like a wild man on the Roland famous Jupiter 8. And that's a rarity that came from... <laughs> Thank you, Iger. You're such a fan of the 80s, still wearing his flares. Here are true facts about the owl... This owl is an ambush hunter. What makes her so deadly? She's not the fastest, but she has a different advantage. It's stealth, not speed, that makes her lethal. <laughs> yes, I've known a lot of girlfriends just like that. I was just thinking that this uh, this particular show, I've been talking about Bernie Taupin uh, a great deal. Um, and why not? And it made me think that looking into the archives, I might pull out a demo of one of the songs that I wrote with Bernie for his solo album in 1987, an album called Tribe. I wrote all the songs with him and I produced the album and uh, I wrote all the songs possibly with him in about a period of three weeks. And I've delved into the old archive and I did find a demo that I did for Bernie to listen to, a song called I Still Can't Believe That You're Gone. Um, I did, when I was writing some of these songs for Bernie, I did some of the uh, guide vocals and did little demos for him and took them up to his house and we worked it out on the piano and all that stuff and he told me his keys and how he'd like to uh, change a few things or whatever. But Bernie basically sent me all the lyrics in one big go We'd had those hits writing together in the past, and he said, let's try something for him. It was a great album to do, um, particularly for me, because I was able to bring in some terrific musicians to work live on the tracks. But here is the demo uh, that I did myself on an 8-track to take up to Bernie 
to see if he was happy with it and if he wanted to record it. This is a song called I Still Can't Believe That You're Gone.
demo from 1987, a song called I Still Can't Believe That You're Gone. I wrote that with Bernie Taupin. Uh, this show seems to have a lot of um, roads leading to Bernie. And as I said before, why not? It brought back some great memories of writing all those songs on his album Tribe. We wrote them very quickly. I mean, literally, he just gave me a folder of the lyrics and bang, we were off. Those were the days when um, things just did seem to move at quite a pace. Not now with my wheelchair and my walking stick. Things are a little bit slower. But writing with Bernie, as you can imagine, because I grew up with all those Elton John albums, um, and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is one of my favourite albums of all time in my top five, actually. So um, writing with Bernie, as you can imagine, was a pretty special time. And talking about Bernie, I'm getting quite nostalgic here and thinking of all the wonderful people that have surrounded me during my long career and are still around me now, thank goodness. There's one gentleman that's not around me anymore and I miss uh, profoundly, and that is Mike Shipley, the engineer that worked with me uh, right from the beginning on Dancing in Heaven with the q record, right on to even In the House of Stone and Light. He uh, mixed that whole album uh, he's a lovely man, lovely man, is nearly as tall as me, or maybe taller than me, um, and he had a great sense of humour. When I was told, the day I was told that he'd passed on, um, I was shook up pretty badly, and I went into the studio maybe a couple of hours later, and out came this song, because I'd quite recently worked with him on a Josh Groban album. Um, I produced Josh Groban on a song called Me Morena, and uh, Mike had mixed that. I'll tell you a little bit about that, um, how that all turned out and how this song um, came about. After you hear a song about my good friend, Mike Shipley, this song is called Golden. Heaven broke. 
stir and mix the melting pot to the elements take spots Guitars, drums and laughter burn so sweetly in our heart yeah, It was golden Oh, so golden yeah. And heaven broke open The way the sun That's a song called Golden, written for my um, friend, Mike Shipley. And that came from my 2015 album, Hotel of the Two Worlds. There's a few um, clues about Mike's life and my uh, friendship with him in the song. It starts off with those lyrics, um, being in Islington and Mike picking me up in his uh, Volkswagen. And we went to Battery Studios in London to record uh, my first real work with q So he was there right at the beginning. And also, on the end there, I uh, wanted to sing the chorus of House of Stone and Light again. Because I think he helped that make it a big hit for me. It was always magic to be in the studio with him, and that's why, um, in a lot of ways, in the verses I portray what it was to be with the maestro, really. He was a real scientist of uh, sound. 
Why I called the song Golden was um, we were uh, when we were mixing that uh, Josh Groban track, it was all in digital. And uh, although I'd recorded the record on analog on a Studio 24 track, and Mike wanted to mix it in digital because he'd been working in Pro Tools for maybe the last few years. Um, but I wasn't happy with the sound. So uh, I asked him if we could do it, uh, mix it analog onto two 24-track machines, and he was reticent at the beginning and said, no way, but eventually um, he did. And when we finished that uh, old-fashioned mix uh, of the two 24-track analog tape machines moving together, I asked him if he enjoyed the feeling of going back to where we started on analog music, and he said, golden. It was golden, mate. And that stuck in my mind, because a lot of things about working with Mike Shipley were golden. There it is. That is the reminder that I need to now excite you all and move your souls and make you ponder for life with the quote of the show. And I particularly like this quote a lot. So here we go. It comes from Albert Schweitzer. Think occasionally of the suffering of which you spare yourself the sight. Lovely. <laughs> the kettle is boiling. This is a long show. I've gone over an hour. Can't quite believe that. It went so fast to me. Probably incredibly slow to you. But the kettle tells me it's time to wrap everything up. It has been a nostalgic show for me. I started to remember everybody that um, made a lot of those songs with me and were involved. And I'd like to put a shout out and thank uh, Vanessa Levitt, the lovely lady that uh, helps me with my Facebook page. Um, my long-suffering manager, Diane Poncher, been my partner right from the very, 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 very beginning of time. And there's a chappie called David Knight who's been doing all the artwork and uh, I call him the painter of the senses. A lot of the um, visuals you see around my work, it's to do with that Canadian up there, David Knight. Thank you, guys. Now, no show of mine would be finishing properly if I didn't plead for the innocent animals out there. Please show kindness and compassion to our fellow brothers and sisters, the furry brothers and sisters. We have dominion over them, so it's our responsibility to look after them. And if you get a chance, bring home an animal from the shelter. I know in my own experience, having animals in my family around me made me, I think, a slightly better person. Okay, I will see you again, I hope, very soon in the Owl's Nest. Bye-bye.